0: Amen. Well, it's uh Thanksgiving is over, right? Woo-hoo. You know, it's uh, it's just great to be together to worship together, to worship God together. You know, I was just heartbroken because I missed the potluck on Tuesday night. You know, because I you know, I really built it up last week. I really wanted to go. We ended up uh, going down to Boston, my daughter was flying through for a day, and so we got to be with her and my son, and then uh, came back to Vermont, had you know, Thanksgiving with my son and his girlfriend here. It was good, you know, just to spend time with your, you know, your real family, your biological family, right? My, these are my, my real kids, right? <coughs> That doesn't make sense, but whatever. <laughs> you know, and it, it was encouraging, because it reminds me of how much I have to be grateful to God for. Just to be thankful, you know, to be with, with my kids. And, but, you know, I, I thought about Jesus, and he said in Matthew 12, he said, Who's my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So I really feel that you are my brothers and sisters. Uh, that Vermont is my home. I'm glad to be here. You know, going to Boston just reminds me how much I don't like it uh, in the traffic and all those things. People great, everything else. Man, it's a it's a travel, right? But um, you know, really was it's on my heart. The thing I want to share today. You know, I see the title, encouraged in heart. Because uh, it, it strikes me that there's certain people that you have a relationship with, and you tell them, "Here's how I'm go, here's how I'm doing," and they go, "No, tell me how you're really doing." They sort of see through you. And they figure out, well, that that's a good storyline, but you know, tell me the real truth, and they proceed then to encourage you in heart and really dig through. Because you know, being encouraged, just in. in <clears throat> The outside, the non-heart stuff is good. It's nice to somebody tell you you're handsome or funny <clears throat> or whatever. Um, but it's much better to have someone help you to really figure out how to be encouraged in your heart with God. And it's that nuance today that I want to dig into and I want to talk about. How do we encourage each other in heart and what does that really mean? Um, and so I, I was thinking about a thing. I know the, uh, the sisters, I think, in a midweek not too long ago took a, like a quiz to figure out what was their love language. Has anybody here never heard of love languages? So everybody's heard about it, right? So, <coughs> the, so these are the love languages, at least uh, according to the author. And uh, you think about it. So how many of you, uh, words of affirmation is your love language? <coughs> yeah, I like that too, right? Well, how about quality time? Any quality time folks? Yeah, I'm one of those too. Uh, <coughs> how about receiving gifts? Oh, <laughs> well, okay, Well, mark that. Everybody else doesn't get anything for Christmas because that's fine, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, acts of service. I mean, acts of service. Yeah, we like that, too. Um, how about the last one? Physical touch. We've got some physical touches. So good. So we've all sort of identified what it is that we need to be encouraged to just take note of what the people around you said. But, you know, there, there are some different things out there. You know, I was taking a look at Jesus, and there were some things that he did that was trying to figure out what love language they were. You know, so Jesus was telling the disciples about how he was going to die the manner in which he was going to you know, suffer and die. And so Peter took him aside and said, Never, Lord, that's never going to happen to you. And how did Jesus respond? Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have the things of God in mind, but the things of men. Which love language is that? Yeah, words, of, you know, words of rebuke, right? You know, or Jesus talking to Thomas. He says, "You know, put your finger in here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe." Physical touch. Yeah, physical touch. There you go. <laughs> A little different, right? You know, Jesus with the woman in the well. You know, you were right when you lied to me. Wait, in fact, you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. You know, it was quality time. That was words of affirmation again, right? You know, Jesus somehow, he sort of <clears throat> had a way of getting in there and really speaking the truth, and you will trust that it was in love. You know, Jeanette says that sometimes when I read things, I nuance them my way. <clears throat> and so maybe when the, they actually wrote them, they, weren't, they didn't have the same emphasis that I had. But it's this idea of, how to, of encouragement, and, and I've spoken about it before. Oops, that's not what I want. <laughs> Jumping ahead. So that's so what happens when you, your slides, you know, late last night, they don't quite come together. So there's this word, uh, it, encouragement. It, uh, it's used in the Bible a few times. You know, there's, there's a couple ones that get a few hits, but this one Greek word, parakaleo, that I like, and parakaleo is the noun, is used over a hundred times. So I, I figure anything that's in the Bible, in the New Testament, a hundred times might be something worth interesting you know, digging into a little bit. And it's, it's this nuance, because it, it has this idea when you encourage somebody, sometimes that word gets translated comfort. And that's more what I, I think about, you know, give me some nice words of affirmation. Give me some comforting words. That's great. You know, sometimes encourage means that, you know, literally the word parakaleo means speak to somebody next to you. para next to you and so on. And that's, that's all the Greek I know. But, uh, you know, it's the idea of summoning or inviting. But it has this, this meaning of encouragement and it goes along with it, this idea of exhortation. Has anybody here in the last year used the word exhort or exhortation in a sentence?
1: Oh, Bananagrams, okay. That's, that's,
0: that's fair territory. Anybody? So maybe one other person. Not usually in my vocabulary to exhort people. Um, you know, yelling at people in traffic doesn't count. So that'd probably be the closest that I would come to exhortations. But it's this idea that um, that we are we're doing something that there's a subjective part of our encouragement. That the, there's a purpose of it is that we're we're strengthening somebody else. We're strengthening them, I think, biblically for fresh faith and obedience. Sometimes you just need some fresh faith. Somebody to encourage you along to help you get there. Um, you know, when I think about it, we talked about it in our family group. A couple weeks ago, and I want to share about a couple of different people. But you know, Kayla said she had a way of encouraging people, and she called it her Romans rainbow. And so, if you uh, if you need some encouragement, Kayla goes to her, her parts of Romans where they've been highlighted with you know a dozen different colors, and there's no unhighlighted passages in there. <laughs> so she just picks from the rainbow and uses that to encourage you. Yeah, but that's encouraging to me that someone's reading Romans and highlighting, you know, it to death, and then using it to encourage other people. That's amazing, you know. <clears throat> or I think about, you know, like brothers like Kyle and others who text me, call me, want to pray together. <laughs> when we talk, you know, it's you know we talk about silly stuff, silly guy stuff, but then there's also the aspect of of, uh, of uh, spiritual. Think of how can we grow spiritually? How can we be more like Jesus? You know, I was just thinking about Zach and, you know, somebody taking their two weeks of vacation and going to Africa to help serve the poor. Yeah. That, that's, that's more than just a, you know, a, that, that's an example that spurs me on to really want to be different in my own thinking, you know. You know, I think about, you know, talking with, with Pat and Carolyn. You know, when I share something, he has insight, spiritual insight. You know, he helped me figure out which love languages, you know, fit in with Jesus today. That was great. But, you know, just having insight from the scriptures. You know, I think about, you know, uh, Jeanette's patient, gentle spirit. She reads the scripture a lot. She gives me a lot of insight, and it's awesome, you know. It makes me uh, better than I would be without. You know, I think of, of you Monique, just in this recent health challenges, being faithful in prayer, you know, and trusting in God. Uh, That's an upward call for me. That's that's a challenging thing, you know. Uh, I wanted to, uh, and just so many others, you know, literally could go around the room and and share. And if I haven't, I apologize. I will share with you as we go along, (coughs) face-to-face, one-on-one, just how much you are spurring me on and being that true mother, brother, sister that Jesus talked about. But I wanted to share just something that Chandra posted the other day on Facebook about Rob. I I was just moved by it. You know, if, you, if you're not on Facebook or didn't see this, then you get to see it now for a moment. But it really was the idea just of, of not only holding her husband up, Rob, who's a great brother, by the way. But, you know, when you hear the full details of the story, uh, it was a great sacrifice to go put, get somebody unstuck from the snow. But to me, it's more than just a it's, it's not just a warm, comfy encouragement. Um, cause I like those. Right. But it, it's one of those. that says, oh, my goodness, I need to be more like that both of those parts, both of those encouraging and lifting other people up like Chandra did and <coughs> helping people who are in need selflessly and digging into that. And so that's, that's the gist of what I want to dig in the scriptures today. And it's how do we find this encouragement, this sort of deeper level or deeper meaning of encouragement? I like this thing I saw. Here, if I can find it. Uh, I thought it was interesting just to think about, you know, there's such a big section of self-help in the in the bookstore. You know, and that, that's nice. And, but, what we really need is to flip that around and figure out how do we help other people? How do we encourage them? How do we spur them on toward love and good deeds? So I, in digging into that, I wanted to uh, start us out in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 13. If, you're, if you have good eyesight, you'll be able to see it on the screen. Otherwise, you might want to look in your Bible. So I'll read it. It says, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you. That's one just to listen to for a minute. God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through belief in the truth. He called you to this this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings that we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by His grace, gave us eternal encouragement, and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Well, it's just amazing to start off, you know. It's like we got to always thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord. You know, if nothing else, the brother or sister that you're struggling with is somebody that Jesus died for, <coughs> that He called to be His own uh, through the gospel, <coughs> and who is striving, trying to stand firm as well. Just you know. That puts you on a pretty high plane, right? I really can't say much about that. You know, I should just love you and uh, take care of you and, and encourage you. But, you know, just how God, you know, chose us from the very beginning uh, and wants us to be able to stand firm and hold to his teachings. You know, that's just a, a conviction I've been having because I, I don't know how you are. Hopefully you read your Bible frequently. You know, that's a good thing, right? Um, I, so I, I decided about a month ago that I'm, just, I'm going to re, start a reading plan that goes all the way through the whole year. So I will just read my Bible every day. It'll sort of walk me through it. And if you've never done that, there's plenty of them out there that get you through the Old Testament, New Testament in a year. And to me, it's, just, it's amazing just as I recommit to reading scriptures that I might not have read before. Or no, I Take it back. I've read the Bible many, several times all the way through, so I've read them before, but they're just not on the top of my heart. Like I don't necessarily go to Lamentations, you know, for my encouraging quiet time. <coughs> but you know, but there's encouragement there. Believe it or not, <coughs> it's it's amazing. If you you know don't don't uh, sell it short. It's a good book. Numbers is too right. <coughs> um, but um, but anyways, you know that idea of just digging back into the Word of Truth, you know, and and that Paul was even talking here about you know things that he had written them in the epistles or things that had been communicated by word of mouth which probably is what got captured in the gospels so really they were being spurred on by those things but the thing that really stood out to me is that it was God himself and Jesus whose goal was to give us eternal encouragement to encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word you know that God himself really wants to encourage you but wait a minute it's got a little bit of that nuance, right, of exhortation, right, of pushing you along. Uh, you know, sometimes, surprisingly, things are harder before they get easier. Now, have you ever, ever noticed that? There's some things you want to do that you just have to go through some pain to get to them. Yeah. You know, like, like running, for example. Like, if you want to run a long race, you know, like, to me, I've run a couple of marathons. <clears throat> running them is, is hard enough. It's a bad day. Sometimes, but but what I figured out is uh, I personally have to run about 400 miles in preparation for a marathon. <clears throat> so just even that to me is uh, that preparation is is hard enough. But it's great that it is prepared before that. You know, think about this here though that God really is preparing, is preparing us, working through us, changing us, <clears throat> trying to encourage our hearts and strengthening us uh, for every good deed. You know sometimes with your kids, you you strengthen them by making them do things that they don't want to do. You know, has any child ever wanted to do homework? No. Never. (coughs) Never. Ever. (coughs) No, maybe. But not for very long. (coughs) Not once they learned it was homework. You know, God is doing that. God is trying to strengthen you, (coughs) trying to encourage you, trying to prepare you uh, (coughs) to succeed in every good word and deed. God really is striving to put that in you and and I really liked it. It was interesting to see how it flows in to some of the other folks in the New Testament. i want to look at Barnabas for a second over in Acts 11. So Barnabas, you know, interesting name. Acts 4 says that Barnabas literally means son of encouragement. You know, uh, we talked about a family group. What 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 do you get called behind your back? Barnabas, behind his back, got called son of encouragement. <coughs> Good name, you know, I like it. So here, starting in verse 19, it says... Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen, does anybody remember that persecution back in Acts 7? They basically, you know, he said, hey, I see see Jesus. And they said, you're dead. And they killed him. And they scattered basically all all the Christians except for the leaders there. They left Jerusalem. They scattered. So they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to the Jews. To Jews, Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the Lord then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul when he found him he brought him to Antioch so for a whole year Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch so it's interesting so here's Antioch so prior to Antioch they they really hadn't shared their faith with any non-Jews and so Not that I don't think, I don't think Jesus ever implied that the gospel wasn't for everybody. They just, you know, they were focused. They were, you know, in a sense, racist, right? They were going to Jews. And somehow, by mistake, I don't know, on purpose, they just started telling some people the good news. You know, inadvertently, oh, let me just tell you about what's going on here. Well, What was going on? Well... You know, one of our lead dudes uh, was murdered in Jerusalem. They they busted up our church and basically they kicked us all out of town. And so we're we're you know we're we're homeless and we've moved back to our this town to be with you. Isn't that great news? Well, hopefully that wasn't exactly what they shared, but that was really the truth of it. And you know what? A, a lot of people believed and became Christians. And it was such a great news that it got back to Jerusalem and they said, well. You know, imagine being in Jerusalem. Most everybody's left, and they said, "Oh, we need to send Barnabas to Antioch." And they were going, "Barnabas? Why is he called Barnabas? Son of encouragement?" <clears throat> Maybe they were glad to get the kind of encouraging out a town. I don't know. I don't think that was it. <clears throat> but they sent him, and so Barnabas goes to Antioch, and uh, and he's uh, you know he arrives and he sees evidence of the grace of God that God is letting. You know, non-Jewish people, Gentiles, become Christians, and he was glad. That's a good thing. But then he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. If that's the parakleia. He encouraged them. He, I don't know. He basically, I don't know, encouraged them strongly, whatever. To uh, and you think about that. Maybe God is calling each of us, encouraging us to remain true to Him you think it'd be easy, right? This seems like an easy place to be true to God. You know, lots of people are becoming Christians. <clears throat> you know, they, they go in and get this guy Saul, who turns out to be another apostle, right? And they come back and they teach, you know, for another whole year. Uh, and in that midst, they're still needing the encouragement. How then does the church encourage itself, right? It's with each other. It wasn't just Barnabas, or it wasn't just Saul, but it was really the Christians taking the, the initiative to encourage and help each other. So let's look at Paul doing that. It's in Colossians chapter 2. I want, to, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. Can you imagine that? People you haven't even met. People you can't get to, people you can't help, not because you don't have a heart for them, but just because you are impossible. It's impossible for you to do that. So Paul's expressing here: I'm struggling for them. In fact, you know he had said just the verse before in Colossians one twenty-eight that he he was committed to presenting everyone perfect in Christ, everyone mature. He was laboring to that end. And so he goes on and says, for you and those in Laodicea, and for all those I've not met personally, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that not, no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, he had a purpose. Even though he couldn't make it to Colossae, to see the Colossians, basically, his purpose was that they would be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they could understand Jesus, so that they could accept the gospel. You know, he wanted them to have a complete understanding. You know, there was lots of challenging messages. You know, it reminded me of Mike's sermon last week, where he was talking about how there's all these stories out there about what it is to please God, or what it is to be happy. We're hearing all these different narratives. And he you remember he preached about, we have, you know, our story, a very distinct narrative. You know, the, Paul was suffering the same challenge back then, that there was all these competing stories, all these things about, well, you know, it's just much easier to, to not be into somebody else's life, not to be someone who's encouraging, not to be someone, you know, if I don't challenge somebody, then, uh, you know, it's a whole lot nicer that conversation, right? You ever notice that? If you don't dig in, if you don't say, you know, remember that when I first opened, I said, how are you doing, bro? How are you doing, sis? You go, I'm doing fine. And you just leave it there. Isn't that easier? Oh, good. Well, I'm doing fine, too. feels easy, right? But we know it doesn't. But when you dig in, you say, well, how are you really doing? You say, well... I'm really challenged by this. I'm struggling with this. I'm encouraged by this, and and you get the chance, then when you know the truth, to be able to dig in and help, and help really lift them up spiritually, help them as Mike was saying in the communion, get each other back on track. You know, lying is bad for your spirituality, even little lies. You know, <clears throat> I'm doing fine. You're not really doing fine. Just tell you're really doing, and then you can we can then help each other. We can encourage each other. You know, and it, I like how he finishes here in uh, verse six or seven down there, it says, overflowing with thankfulness. You know, strengthen the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, there's nothing that I'm more thankful about than when I'm off track, when I'm struggling spiritually and God gets me, encourages me back on track. You know, whether it's, you know, someone else's example, whether it's direct words of encouragement or challenge, whether it's even a rebuke if I need it. When I'm back on track, it's so much better. You know, you know, it's one where it's like, you know, I couldn't figure out why I was feeling that way. But now that I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing what God wants me to do, I, I just feel so much more content. I, I'm yeah. thankful for it. You know, you're overflowing. with you ever met somebody that's overflowing with thanksgiving? Sometimes it could be like, you're so thankful, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, you're so happy. You know, it's like, but it is, you know, when, when you are in your heart realize that you've been brought back, that you've been encouraged out of being lost and being back in line, you go, wow, I, I'm not going to stop saying how awesome it was. So we have got an example of this over in, in, uh, in Philippians. Philippians is a great book. I was really tempted to read the whole first chapter here, but I knew my voice probably wouldn't hold up. So... I encourage you to read it. It's, it's a very joyful book. But uh, here in chapter 1, verse 12, Paul writes, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers, that what happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Hmm. Can you imagine if what happened here is last week, Mike got arrested. You know, they heard his sermon and they arrested him and threw him in jail and say, you know, we think that most likely he's going to get the death penalty. You know, maybe a little bit, but, you know, ultimately, Paul got the death penalty, right? So, yeah, they weren't, you know, and and they could have got, wow, that's awful. Remember the story of Tarsus, right? They left, Stephen killed church broke up, and what did they do? They told people "What Jesus. What's the story here is that when they said, oh, Paul's in in chains. So that encouraged most of the brothers, that's what it says, that most of them were encouraged, you know, to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. See, great examples, great encouragements spur us on to be more like Jesus, to encourage that's really the sense of Pushing us to really want to be what God wants us to be, encouraging us. And you know the outcome? Does anybody know the outcome? Philippians 4 says that all the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. <clears throat> so Paul, in chains in, in the palace, allowed people in that family to become disciples. That's what happened. <clears throat> it worked out for good. Sometimes we say that is so discouraging. That thing that happened, whether Stephen dying, Paul in prison, and in the end result was, it was it encouraged us to be more zealous for God, and it had a result far different than what we thought. I think it's a great example of how it impacts us, how true encouragement can impact us. And so I think the challenge here from Hebrews is, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. You know, be true to the Lord. Going back to Acts 11. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ that we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. As has been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. You know, my prayer is that we can catch on to that internal encouragement that God has made for us, Right? You know, this passage here, just that to be true to the Lord, that's really the challenge. And it's, it's challenging to be true to the Lord. But what we're called to do is to encourage one another daily. Not just, you know, a hug. Hugs are nice. Words of affirmation are nice. But sometimes, oftentimes, we need that, you know, I really love you. Thing. I know it's hard. I know this is a challenging time for you. Uh, but you're going to make it. You're going to make it to heaven. You have eternal encouragement ahead of you. You know, that's the voice that we, we, we hear from God. That's what we read in the scriptures. And that's really the voice that everyone really encourage us to have for each other. This idea of, hey, bro, how are you doing? Doing fine. How are you really doing? Yeah. And then getting that word of encouragement from each other that helps me not have a sinful, unbelieving heart. Help me to turn toward the living God. That's the challenge of today, is that in our thankfulness to God, let's encourage one another in ways that really make an eternal difference. Thank you. I love you.